had a question about the relationship of the, the image that you showed us at first with the representation of, I guess it's fat boy yeah. sort of looming over the cityscape and, and the composition. And I, I was just wondering, so listening to the composition, there's very much a sense of a front and back. Um, mm -hmm. Uh, not so much, at least, I didn't experience it, a sense of something looming overhead, and I, I was just wondering if you had thought about that. Uh, that was partially because of the way this was going to be installed, but also I just thought that that was, um, uh, that was, uh, I, didn't want, I didn't want to go there. It was too troped, it was too tricky, it was too um, uh, Spielberg, it was too, you know, something else. Um, and also it was ungrounded you know, experientially, just in terms of listening. I, I really was thinking a lot about what happened when that sound, that wall of the cicadas first hit my ears in that moment when we were supposed to be silent to prepare for this ringing of the bell. And, 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 and that wasn't an overhead sound. The cicada sound was incredibly diffuse and broad and everywhere. And, you know, um, and that's what really struck me, that it wasn't, that it wasn't a vertical sound, yeah. that it was a sound that had all of this kind of surround spatial sweep that kind of just, you know, spoke in from the wheel to you. But, but so if the image did inspire you, um, I'm wondering if... No, I didn't want to make uh, the sound be circular like the exhibit was. I wanted the sound to be diffuse. I wanted it to radiate out from a you, from a person, from, from a pair of ears, but at the same time radiate in to a pair of ears. I wanted to make it something that could be a very personal sound moment for listeners. Um, so I was working with something that was, that, you know, I, and, and I think you're right on to it. I mean, the complexity of constructing a composition that is at once experienced in a very intimate way, or can be experienced in a very intimate way, uh, a very personal way, and but that you know kind of keeps going, um, keeps becoming diffuse, and that's what uh, to me was so interesting about the uh, phase cancellations of the cicadas, that they had this kind of way of kind of you know kind of bouncing it out, and then just kind of grabbing it, you know. You know how phase cancellation works. I mean, it, it, it's basically like flipping this switch very, very quickly in terms of your hearing the constancy of a set of frequency parameters. And, and it's sort of like, you know, this kind of moment of uh, uh, what happened, you know, of the, the you know, the, the, they're gone, but they're gone so, it's so fleeting that, you, you know, you, you fill it in. And so uh, that, that, that kind of little um, switch flipping thing, experientially is very, so uh, having that there right in the mater materiality of the sound uh, was a, a way to construct something that I thought really had a, a that I could in work with as a kind of intuitive social field of how we listen. Um, I was, uh I'm really struck by how you're sort of elucidating or explicating the poetics of how you're putting this together helps me to hear it or gives me a way into it. And it makes me wonder um, if you, it makes me want to hear a little bit more about maybe your thoughts on the disjuncture between a sort of imperative to explain and provide context on the one hand and what you can encode in sound. 
in this way. Yeah, well, this is a university. I hang out in universities, and in universities, we're supposed to make things legible. Um, and I, I also hang out in art schools and with artists where nobody cares about making things legible. They just care about making things. And, and each artist makes it legible the way they want to make it legible. And legibility as a, as a skill of articulation is meant to take place within the materiality and the form. And so um, I'm comfortable speaking in that form that is the form that just involves microphones and recording studios and installing things and not talking about it in classrooms. But it's also part of my repertory to talk about it in, in, in classrooms. So, uh, and um, sometimes it's a bit oppressive because people are much more interested in whether or not you can make it legible within some kind of theoretical language which is particularly current or particularly useful or particularly, um, you know, um, part of a, of, a, of a discursive repertory at a particular moment within some field, whether it's anthropology or something else. Um, and uh, other times that's not really what's important. Um, the really great thing about this composition is that I don't speak Japanese. Um, and uh, um, I, uh, you know, I, I, uh, I, I worked in Japan with a Japanese colleague, a guy who I met in New Guinea 30 years ago and is a really, really close friend. Uh, and uh, somebody who I like to hang out with in Japan as well as in other places like New Guinea. Um, but um, our conversation has largely been about other kinds of things. And uh, uh, he just helped me because uh, actually the city of Hiroshima manager got to me through him, uh, having heard something else that I did in Japan. So uh, a, a different kind of piece about uh, underground water um, chimes. So um, uh, yeah, there's a. I haven't written about this one. Um, I, I, uh, I get, you know, semi-hostile emails from anthropologists sometimes about these CDs that I produce because they say, you know, where are the liner notes and where's the ethnography and where's the this and that. And I, I, I understand that, you know. I sometimes have that obsession too, but in this case it was not my obsession. Did you find, uh, if I may follow up, that the, a local, the local response which I'm sure was varied, uh, differed <laughs> from, say, the uh, in anthropological circles? Or There have been many different kinds of responses to this piece. Um, there are about 40 radio stations around the world that play it every year at 8.15 on August the 6th. That's the most beautiful response and the one that's most touching and personally important to me. 